Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. This is going to be a great episode on location in Dutch John, Utah at the Green River with Colby Crosland of Spinnerfall Guide Service. And you're actually going to get to hear uh, my friend MJ and I fishing with Colby in his drift boat on the A section of the Green River. We just happened to catch the first uh, part of the cicada hatch. And you're going to get to hear uh, Colby go through, uh, you know, basically telling us where the fish are, where to put the fly. I'm going to be asking him questions. And I think um, you guys are going to find some real value in this episode if you're a fly fisherman. Uh, Colby is able to shed some unbelievable light on uh, a lot of the kind of tactical um, approach to uh, fishing throughout a hatch. And uh, you're going to get to hear us catch some fish, and we just have a good time. I want to thank uh, Spinnerfall Guide Service and Colby Crosland for uh, letting me do this podcast. And I, I really think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, guys, I wanted to point a couple things out. Um, just remind you that the uh, Kuyu World Tour, the mobile showroom, uh, right now, June 1st, is in Portland, Oregon. They'll be there the 1st through the 3rd. Then Seattle, Washington, June 8th through the 10th. Spokane, Washington, June 15th through the 17th. Missoula, Montana, June 22nd through the 24th. Boise, Idaho, June 29th through July 1st. Uh, Idaho Falls, Idaho, July 6th through the 8th. Bozeman, Montana, July 13th through the 15th. And then Denver, Colorado Springs, Omaha, Kansas City, Oklahoma City, Dallas, Houston, Lubbock, Albuquerque, Grand Junction, Salt Lake City, Cedar City, Las Vegas, Phoenix, San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, and Reno, Nevada. You can go to kuyu.com to find out the exact schedules, uh, times, places, etc. for the uh, uh, mobile showroom and the worldwide tour. So uh, make sure to do that. Uh, Guys, uh, thanks for all your support of this podcast. Like always, you can send me an email, a comment, a message at uh, my email, uh, jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. Also, follow me on Instagram at jscottoutdoors and my Facebook page, my business Facebook page, jscottoutdoors. Um, send me direct messages through Facebook, send me, uh, you know, direct messages through Instagram. It's a great way to get a hold of me. I love hearing from you guys. I love seeing your success stories, fish pictures, uh, hunting photos. If you got any questions at all, uh, let's talk about it. And if you want to see some certain guests on the podcast or you want to be on the podcast, send me a message. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, let's get right to this episode. Please, as always, uh, support the the uh, sponsors of this podcast, uh, GoHunt.com Insider, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting, Phonescope.com, and the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix. You can check the show notes uh, for uh, the J. Scott promo codes and some of the different discounts with these companies. Uh, guys, let's get right to this episode. Uh, it's a great fishing episode, and um, God bless. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. We are... On the Green River, on location here with Colby Crosland of Spinnerfall Guide Service. And uh, I've had Colby on the podcast before and had real good feedback from it. So I wanted to get up here and uh, get to fishing. And uh, Colby, how you doing? Uh, so far, so great. Yeah. Can't complain when you're seeing cicadas. You know, um, 
it's been an interesting year with all the snow and snowpack. Uh, the water levels are high here on the green below Flaming Gorge Reservoir. And um, we've kind of had May 30th, you know, kind of kind of set aside as our date to, for me to come up here and fish with you. And um, as conditions would have it this year with the way things are, um, the cicadas are kind of here, but they're not super prevalent. Would that be a good explanation? We are just right on that front cusp of them. We've had a couple pretty good days with the dry, and uh, I only think it's going to get better depending on water temp. If we can keep that water temp up high, it's it's going to get good here shortly. And there's anticipation of the flows uh, coming up, which will lower the water temperature, which will prolong it maybe just a little bit? Um, it's not necessarily that it's going to prolong it. It's going to delay those fish from coming up. So with the cicadas, they're not an aquatic insect like your mayfly or your caddis. So it's not like the water temp dictates what the bugs are doing. It's more with that colder temp, the fish are just staying closer to the bottom. They're not as active and and prone to looking up with that cold water so the bugs might be here but we just might not be seeing as many fish as we're wanting looking up in in a perfect world perfect conditions um you'd have what 80 plus degree temperatures and you would have flows that what would be absolutely ideal with the cicadas that 46 flow is really fun there's a lot of little back eddies um kind of get some of those bigger fish up off the bottom that end up hiding from us when the water comes down. So we're seeing bigger fish at the 46 flows. So I I would love it there. And uh, yeah, 80 degrees out front or up in the air and then water in the low to mid 50s. So we're we're here, um, you're pointing to MJ to have him (laughs) flick a little cicada out here in front of a feeding fish. Uh, so we're kind of in a back eddy here, a big, big eddy spot where uh, we just floated through and had some fish actively come after MJ's cicada. And um, so our plan here is to kind of work these eddies and try and work these feeding lines. Yep, we're going to just going to, the fish are suspending up here and uh, we're going to see if one of them will, will eat a cicada. I think they're looking for blue wings and going to opportunistic feed on a cicada if it comes near. Did you see that one just yeah, to the right so of us fly up there? MJ, let's put that 15 feet further, right in front of the rock. That landed on his tail. So two or three feet more up. Doesn't need to be a whole bunch because you don't want to line him. That should do it. Got slow, slow hook set here. MJ Mastelier, who fishes with me. He's looking. He's looking. Eat it. Oh, that was awesome. Good piece of guiding right there. Good job, MJ. That was phenomenal. (laughs) That fish wanted to be famous, huh? He wanted to be on the podcast too. Oh, I love it when I switch a fly and we make one cast and it gets eaten. That was beautiful. You had just switched to a smaller, kind of a, a, a little smaller pattern, didn't you? Um, or a little it... more bulky at the head, thinner at the tail. A lot of the shop cicadas out here have a hopper profile with black body and orange legs. So it looks more like a hopper. When you actually look at a cicada, it's not long and skinny. It's a big, bulbous, square head tapering out. They're more triangular shaped. And I think that that fatter head 
um, we'll get some of those picky fish like that one that look and look and look and look to actually turn and eat it. Because I don't think that fish would have eaten the fly that we had on earlier. And MJ, you did perfect there as far as waiting. That was awesome, MJ. That was a tough one to wait on too, where you see that fish <laughs> for uh, five or six seconds. I've got it out. I just need to get my finger out. <laughs> Made him famous, MJ. Here, we'll get him wet, let him breathe. And then when I hand him to you, I'll have you get the hands wet on the bottom of the net. There you go. Awesome, MJ. MJ, it doesn't suck. No. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Awesome. Yeah, L it didn't take you long. Little fly change <laughs> and... Uh, off we went. <laughs> As we were analyzing, you were catching, weren't you, MJ? All right, let's do it again. Same thing. So normally I would run this as a lap, and we'd run up and run back down, but if they're looking up and we're seeing them suspended right here, we can actually fish to individual fish, which is my absolute favorite. It goes back all the way to England if you don't cast to a fish unless you see it rise. Okay. I'm not seeing any now. The last one I saw was on the same line as that first fish, but maybe 15 feet up. So let's just cast right up at that other boat. Let her drift back towards us. And... Nice. Nice, nice, nice. There was no doubt that that fish saw that fly and he actively came to it to eat it. I mean, it was, oh, yeah. that's what you love to see, isn't it? Hit him, MJ, hit him. There's two right there. Yeah, chase that little guy out. He's looking for betas. When you see him kind of suspended like that a little deeper, is that usually an indication that they just want to take the, the, the betas, you know, a merger? I wouldn't necessarily say they just want to take, but that's what they're looking for. They're in their line of those betas hatching and coming through the column. And so, I mean, that's what they're, they're conditioned to see. Oh, MJ, uh, you had one. Leave it right there. That fish turned and looked at you. Let's see if he'll do it again. Hit it again, three feet left. Can you see him there? He didn't look either of those last two. Oh, he did? Okay. Sometimes using that old Hank Patterson trick of make a hatch with your fly, you put it over him five or six times and <laughs> he finally ends up eating it. I think you're fishing this just as perfect as we could ask for though, MJ. Oh, do you see those two? Right under your line tip? Okay. Hit that one further up. That's your player. Nope, nope. More to your right. 15 feet out there. You see him? Right at noon? There you go. There, he just saw you. And 
confused. Yep, hit him again. Did he, he just ate a bait us. Oh, he did. Ooh. Oh, so, yes, that was <laughs> awesome. Good job. <laughs> you two, that's a great team there. So that first drift over him, he, he actually did not take MJ's fly, and he took that smaller blue-winged olive, right? Yeah. I and mean, then another cast, and I mean, I think that it. was the probably the fourth, maybe fifth cast that we put well within range of where I know that fish saw it. Um, the one he ate a blue wing, probably right about as he should have been eating ours. And that one, I'd lost track of the fly. That was kind of just a saying set because I knew that we were in the zone and he was eating. Well, and he was at the surface because he mm -hmm. just ate that blue wing. Where the other ones are a little deeper. That was beautiful, guys. That was spectacular. I mean, that's that's what what we do this for. Yeah, little nicer fish too. Beautiful fish. Big old head on that thing. Yeah. I'll bring him in this time. That's actually a lot bigger fish than I thought he was yeah, gonna be. Nice! Good job, guys. Absolute stud. Oh, Phenomenal. I think he might hit 20. Big, beautiful brown. Big old head on that sucker, huh? Beautiful. Big, mature fish. Good job. I know, Jay. We should be making a, uh, a video podcast today. I know. Look at that. Spectacular, MJ. Well, he was fun to watch. It worked. Go after the betas, the blue wing. <laughs> Eat it off the surface. I missed cast once, so it kind of went by him, and then got it in the lane the next time, and he just slowly ate it. I, I think in that situation, sometimes it's kind of easy to feel like they're not going to eat it. He's eating that small betas, but he's just... He's taken it as an opportunity to eat, right? Yep. I mean, if he's seen some cicadas, which he obviously has, he's going to he's gonna eat that cicada if you present it well. I mean, that one cicada is like eating 500 betas, if not more. It's like when I, when I get a chance to eat a double cheeseburger, do I ever pass it up? Yeah. No. Yeah, I know. And you've been out in the uh, <laughs> on the hunt down in Mexico for yeah. two months, and you come back, and all you want is just a big piece of red meat, <laughs> preferably fried. So, Colby, is this your life for, say, the next two months or maybe three as far as actively trying to, you know, find fish that are feeding and, you know, work Do you whatever see that they're one? doing to that fish? Um, with the cicadas, it's always a crapshoot. I mean, it could be... Here he comes. This week, we don't see or we don't see him again after today, or it just goes absolute gangbusters and we're doing it for two months and they're eating it every other drift. But I mean, also as the summer progresses with the dry fly fishing here on the green, there is a lot of uh, actively feeding fish that you can sight fish to, right? Oh yeah, if uh, if that water temperature doesn't come back up or go back down from where it's at today, I won't throw another indicator all year. All summer? All, I mean, all year. 
till the end of the season. I I won't until the uh, till we're done and I move up into Wyoming. It'll all be dry fly fishing. So in other words, what you're saying is if they raise the flows, it lowers the water temperature, which forces the fish a little bit more deeper in kind of a more dormant type situation where they're not really, they're feeding, but they're more in a stationary position, kind of just deep and just kind of barely moving around. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're cold blooded. So when they get cold, they're not as active. They're not up chasing and they're not, not doing exactly what we want them to. So no, Madness. like those two fish right there that just are under his fly, that are they actively feeding or? Oh yeah, there's okay, so they're, now they're a couple feet off the bottom. They're in there right now, chasing those emergers as the the blue wings are coming off the bottom and uh, coming into the hatch. Gotcha. So even if we end up seeing a lot of duns up on the surface, I don't think we'll see those two fish ever break the surface. There's so much activity going on below them that they don't need to come to the surface so in other words their attention is not on the surface they're not even looking yeah because they've got all they want right there like that last fish that came and chased us and as we were coming down where we had those few fish move a few feet to eat it right those are fish that have stumbled across okay mj do you see that one out to your right a little bit okay that one's a player yep that have stumbled across a couple cicadas, and so they're looking up at them. Like that one, right? Oh. Yep, he, he gave us a little bit of a look. He wants to eat it. He just, I think he's been stung before. He hasn't had enough of what we were talking about earlier with the positive reinforcement, where he's eaten half a dozen. He may have eaten one real one and one fake one. And so, so as the hatch... In a, in a perfect situation, as the hatch progresses and they're seeing more real cicadas and they're getting to, you know, eat them and taste them, it, they get a little little less wary because they've seen enough naturals? Exactly. They they get dumb to it. I mean, when they're, when they're eating 5, 10 to 1 naturals, they don't, they don't care. They know that they're going to get released and they'll just, they'll keep eating them. I mean, you can catch the same fish. You can hook him, catch him, release him. Watch him go back onto his line, throw another cicada over him, and he'll eat it. Yeah. Which is just crazy to think. Um, Hit that one again right there, MJ. This is where we were kind of in that range of having fish move. Look at that one moving way. Yep. Did you see that one, MJ? He's six feet left of you. I think he's just looking at you. I mean, later on today, most of our eats are going to come from fish on the bottom. They'll come all the way up for it? Yep, they'll come all the way, and that's that's ideal. That one turned and looked at you. I'd hit him again. That one's looking. Ooh. But yeah, right now, with it kind of early in the cicada season, they're just kind of looking just because they're, they're wondering what's going by up top. It's the first thing they've seen all day that wasn't a bobber floating over the top of them. And the funny thing, this time of year when you're starting to see some cicadas and there's a lot of guys that are still nymphing, you'll have fish that come up and eat the bobber. That was my and favorite. suck the whole thing down. Yeah, they? eat the whole bobber. One of my favorites was on a group trip this time of year. It was probably five or six years ago. And I think we had three boats. And uh, two of the boats were throwing cicadas. And it wasn't great, but it was good. We were catching fish. And coming into lunch the other guide was saying that it was really slow for him but he was nymphing and he was complaining that 
his clients weren't getting it out there far enough to throw dries. But then he was also saying that he'd had his indicator eaten half a dozen times. <laughs> it's like, well, man, if they're getting the indicator far enough out for it to get eaten, you put a fly on there, something with some legs on it, they're going to eat that. Yeah. That's a big fish right there. Oh, yes, MJ. <laughs> you mean that one? No, you had a little guy came and steal it from the big one. <laughs> so, yeah, that was just what we were talking about earlier as far as one seeing it and moved a ways. That was spot fishing and saw the one we wanted, and that little 17, 18-incher came and stole it from him. So, folks, I'm going to say contrary to the fishing reports, Colby has proven, yes, they are actively eating the cicada. (laughs) 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 And you can pick them up at his Instagram account, and they're about 40 bucks a piece. (laughs) Beautiful. If you're on the river. Yeah. The the boat kind of turned right at the last second, so the smaller fish outran the bigger one and kind of got it. Yep, and this is our first rainbow, too. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is we say the smaller one outran it, and this fish might be 18 inches. Beautiful, a big, fat, heavy, big 18 inches. <laughs> and that was the pup. Nice shoulders on that bugger. Nice little microcype. Oh, it's a pretty fish. Yep. Beauty. That looks like one of your Colorado fish. Beautiful. Beautiful Green River Rainbow. Awesome. Uh, Spots down under his jaw. Let him go, MJ. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) 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 That's what we live for right there. Right there. Oh, the fish, you know, target a fish. It's awesome. Let's see if we can go get our big one now beautiful guys that's just uh awesome guys our weather temperature here we're about 70 probably two to three degrees these big giant foamers got a little bit of a breeze um you can probably hear it in the microphones but uh just a beautiful day it's it's kind of been cold over the last 10 days and kind of the last couple days first first kind of 70 degree days they've had i'm sure and, um, you know, for all you guys that are probably coming up here over the next couple of weeks, um, let's just hope it's one of those years that we all dream about. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous when it's on, when it's the cicada hatch that you always hear that your buddy hit five years ago and yeah. that it's the, the, the fabled one. I mean, I've had days where guys are catching fish on cicadas on their back cast. Yeah. That fly hits the water behind them, and they're so on that that they're charging to eat it on the back cast. It's just crazy. I had um, MJ here that's fishing in the front of the boat and our friend Jack, and we were downriver a little bit during cicada season, and I forget which one of these guys actually had a fish come up and take it and ended up breaking off. And then we're like, oh, man. And then the, the cicada, he spit it out, and it popped back up. And we're watching it float, and another fish came and ate it. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, no, that's one that uh, 
like when we're fishing the cicadas and it's good and somebody pops one off from casting too hard, I'll always yell at them and tell them to uh, cast the, the empty line and keep splashing around it to keep those fish from eating it as it's drifting back so we can go <laughs> so try can to go get the it. fly. Yeah. All right, where was that big dark fish well, at? There's about three of them right up there, but I think this is the guy right here. Do you think the big dark one has a dark back, you know, of a rainbow? Or yeah, you, yeah, I'm pretty sure that one was a rainbow. Here on the Green River, we're in the A section. Um, what would you say to the the, the ratio of browns to um, rainbows are? I would say on a whole, on the section, it's probably pretty close to 50-50. Okay. When you start up at the dam... I would say it's 70-30, and then as you take it, 70-30, two rainbows, and then, oh, there's your big one, MJ. See the three bubbles? He's right to the left. Oh, yeah, I see it. So as far as the ratio of rainbows to brown, I would say that as a whole, it's 50-50, but as you're starting out up at the dam, I would say that it's 70-30 rainbows, and when you take out at Little Hole... I would say it's 70-30 browns. Okay. So as you go down past Little Hole, even more and more browns? Yep, more and more browns. As the water's warming up, the browns tend to do a little bit better in that water that's just a little bit warmer than the rainbows do, especially midsummer when that oxygen content starts to get a little bit lower. And we do see a few cutthroat in here. They're few and far between. The Utah Division of Wildlife has tried really hard the last couple of years to get another uh, another brood of them in here. Nice, that's the fish right there that we want. The, but uh, they keep stalking them and they can't find them anymore after they do the electroshocking. So they don't know if they're running up to the dam and getting eaten, if they're just getting eaten right off the bat or what, but... Last year after the stocking, nobody caught any any cutties after that first week. Look at that guy. Now, do you think he's a player? Do you think he's actively looking? That, that one on the right, I think the if we keep one? hitting him, yeah. The one that I really think is going to be our, our, our player is the one 10 feet up and a little to the right. Yeah, I see him. This is a good drift right here. Mm-hmm. That's Look a rainbow right there. No. You're talking about that one up there on that sandbar? Yep, the one up on the shelf. Yeah. This is getting up into that area where we had all the fish chasing us earlier. You see that one up there, MJ? Yeah. We're in range now. Nice. Good shot. Oh... Gave us a little bit of a look. Our fly was upside was down on that it pass. It looked like the fly went upside down. Couldn't have been any better there, though. Oh. Gave us a short little look, but not much. Nice save. So MJ is working a particular fish here, sitting kind of on a sandbar. Hit He's probably one. in about right on what that would white you say, bubble. like five feet of water right there. 
put probably five or six casts over. Let that one run. I don't see him now. Do one more. Two or three feet further out. Uh, Not any further upriver, just further. There you go. Oh, there's another one right above that that might be a player. Do that same drift uh, 15 feet further out. looking boy he turned hard on that well we might find a natural in there while we're uh, plucking we're, it out we're chumming the water I think I can get that uh, I think it's up higher than you think it is, is it? just bring that rod tip down here to me MJ Oh, I might break off. Nope, we saved it. Nice. Okay, so we'll go do that whole pass again, downriver, like we did that very first time. As I'm setting up here, MJ, watch out here to the right and the swirls. You too, Jay. No. We don't want to catch them on the podcast on the beta. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's. Gonna, I edit it, so this one's going to be a lot of work for you, isn't the, it? The Jay? salmon flies or the uh, salmon eggs that I'm fishing with. I won't. <laughs> I won't tell anybody about that. We go on left side or? Yeah, let's go left side on this one. Okay, MJ, the same pass you did, do it again. Straight out in front of the boat. 15 feet right, yep, and it'll drift in there. One mend right. There you go, let her keep working. Because we're not really on our real drift yet. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if something ate that like that. Do it again. Right here, I'm just looking out into our swirls in the middle looking for suspended fish. Ooh, fish turned to look at mine. Hit him again. Okay, after this one, boys, nice long one straight down river. There you go. Little mid right, MJ, nice. Another tiny mid right, MJ. Okay, Jay, I would stretch one right out next to MJ. MJ, tiny mend left. Tiny. There you go, lever. Jay, yours is upside down. Give it a pop. And yours is all foam, Jay. So if you don't see white and orange when it lands, give it a good chug. There you go. So we're kind of fishing, drifting down, and the line is kind of working away from us, and we're just kind of feeding it line, trying to get a dead drift into fish that would be looking upriver obviously for our bugs okay and gents once we pass this little point i'm going to have you set up to go right side if you look down river there's a dead tree hanging over there's going to be a light little current that drifts into that dead tree and there'll be five or six suspended fish so jay let's bring you out the right side right side okay y'all see the tree i'm talking about uh nope still left bank 
Yep. So look at your bubble line, kind of get set up. Yep. And we're going to drift right into it. It's going to be a little short one. Is it going to be coming back at us? Nope. It's going to drift right into that dead tree. Gotcha. And you're going to cast right of it. So both of you, a little more right, a okay. little more right. Uh, MJ, a little more right real quick. That's it right there. little short one right there MJ okay I'll spin the boat and now we'll work up that drift and I didn't see anything in there suspended as we were setting up so when Jay on this one you're gonna work up the bank and MJ you're gonna work the bubble line out in the middle okay you want me on the right side yep No rush at all yet, boys. Hit this the one right here, MJ. Right under your line. Little short one. Oh, I just put him down. That's where I would expect him, MJ, is out in that stuff. Stretch another one out there. Jay, you're looking great. Yeah, there is starting to be a lot of clickers up in the tree. That's good. You kind of said once we got to this point, we should start hearing and seeing cicadas. MJ, once you swing out, I would put one right up next to Jay. Jay, you might be able to get away with going a little bit right of where you're at also. Okay. Nice. All right, boys, I'm gonna switch banks. And we're just gonna fish down this bank just as classic as you can do it. Just, I mean, old school dry fly float. We've got a boat in this little eddy down there. As we come into them, just make sure to give them a, a wide berth. So in MJ's, I'm swinging in. You're gonna put one right at the cliff and then I'll swing the boat kind of out and around your drift. And then Jay, once I'm pointing back down river, yep. you'll just follow him in. Guys, if you've never come and fished the Green River, I highly recommend it. Um, not only is the fishing fantastic, but we're looking up here at these red rock cliffs. Um, you've got a lot of pinion juniper, a lot of ponderosa pine, beautiful cliff lines. Um, all kinds of wildlife here. Uh, even if you're not fishing, uh, scenic floats, it's just an amazing place. How far off the bank you want us here? Mm, anywhere from three to a dozen feet. Okay. Right now, I don't think you need to be nice and tight. It's just anywhere you can find a little bit of soft water. Big men right there, MJ. Nice. Yeah, and Jay, earlier when you were talking about sheep... We're getting into that zone of where we start seeing the uh, our bighorns. Beautiful. I've seen them um, down kind of right, maybe half mile above Little Hole, kind of mm -hmm. where the canyon kind of starts. I've seen them there. 
So our water flow is at what, 7,100? They're saying it's an outflow of the dam at 6,800 right now. Um, the gauge is reading 71, and I'm not sure if that's from the few small feeder creeks also. Mm-hmm. But And potentially all. tonight could come up, what, another 1,000? Yeah, another 2,000. Yeah. So they were planning on bringing it up the 25th, but I think they pulled it back to after the holiday. So at any point now, I mean, we, it in theory, could bump on us right here. As yep. we come into this boat, boys, let's have you strip them in. Yep. How's it going? Beautiful, huh? Have a good day. There's usually a bunch of fish stacked right underneath. One right yep. There. There's usually a ton of fish right there, MJ. Yep, up on that sandbar. Uh huh. Would you normally pull in there? Exactly. Right where that guy was at was kind of the sweet spot. Would you normally pull in there? Um, I would fish it kind of how we had the boat, but we would definitely have fished that run. So in that area is called Secret Riffle. Okay, boys, let's have you both do one more right at kind of the dead, gnarly uh, juniper right there. Yep. And one mend right. Perfect. I think our sweet stuff on this run is going to be after the cliffs. Once we get back into that shallower water, yep. Okay. Nice. Do you expect them right here? So, guys, we're fishing along a cliff line. Do you expect them, Colby, right on the edge or about a foot two off? At a lower flow, I would expect them from anywhere under my oar to where they would have to hit their nose on the uh, rock to eat your fly. At the normal flow right there on the betas hatch, there's always a fish. To where I mean his pectoral fin is touching the rock. Yep. But they will eat it a little ways off, especially when you're throwing something like the cicada where it's enough of a mill to where it's worthwhile for him to move. Hardy meal. Yep. And one thing, MJ, don't be afraid of a normal cast over the boat. If you're roll casting for me, I'm more afraid of the roll cast than I am the uh, the overhand. Colby, you let me row a little bit, and um, we came into a run, and you had your uh, epic fiberglass rod out of New Zealand, and um, you've been telling me about that rod. Um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about that company, about that rod? And... Yeah, so Swift Fly Fishing and Epic Rods, they're, uh, like you said, out of New Zealand. Really, really neat rod company. He's uh, Carl, the guy who runs it. It's a world champion caster i mean he's when you talk to the guys here who do a lot of the casting competition he's one of the names that comes up kind of with ray jeff and the big huge names and over the last probably been seven or eight years has been making rods fiberglass and graphite and carbon rods oh Oh, Oh, (laughs) he turned and it just put another little uh, shot on him but uh with the whole trend of fiberglass rods picking up in the last half a dozen years, I feel like Swift and Epic has upped the game. They're actually putting innovation and some thought 
into the blanks and what's going on. They're making really high-end, faster fiberglass rods than than kind of the old Eagle Claw Fenwick that yeah. most people who have fished glass are used to. So, it's so what a, you're saying is it's not the typical slow fiberglass that we've all been used yeah. to. It's, it's a whole different generation. Yep, they call it fast glass. I, I don't know anything about the, uh, the technology and the, the money and time and effort that goes into making it. All I know is that it provides the stuff that I love about glass that full bend and the weight and just filling your cast all the way from the fly down to the butt of the rod which is why i started glass back in the day but then it's not that soft noodle that yeah. a lot of people are expecting well i noticed once you hooked that fish i mean it was beautiful to, to see that rod really bent but it, you know when you were casting it too i was watching you cast seemed like it was just a real nice kind of almost Effort, effortless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rod's got the backbone to uh, to throw a lot of line, and then uh, but when you hook that fish, I mean, you can you can feel every movement he makes. Now there's some other rods that they make as well. Tell me about those. Yeah, so they uh, they do a carbon fiber rod too. It's another one that I have no idea of the technology. But this rod, you pick it up, especially when you're building it and you don't have the the cork in your hand and you can't even feel the rod it's crazy how light that carbon rod is and it i mean it it throws line like you wouldn't believe when mj picked it up it was a six weight with a fighting butt and he was laughing saying it felt like a one weight see that fish right there yep hit him nice nice oh there's still another one the one he's looking he's looking oh Oh, he rejected it didn't he uh he's still looking oh yeah, I'd consider that Switch a rejection it or leave now. It. I'd leave it. MJ's uh, coming in. Oh, guys, he's an wow. inch under my fly, and then he just sent <laughs> it, and I missed it. Oh, 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 oh double damn there. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a double right there. <laughs> he nosed it, and then he backed off, and then he came and ate it, and I missed him. <laughs> that is awesome. That is so cool. Oh, man. MJ, you got a big fish on. Man, I think we want MJ to have a mic on with listening to him right now. His heart's racing. So, and one thing that I love to tell people right here, MJ, is while you're fighting that fish, look up. Beautiful. I mean, this is one of the, one of the prettiest places I've ever fished. All these, yeah. these towers That's awesome. Yeah, there's prettier rivers in the world, and there's rivers that fish better, but I don't think there's a river that's this pretty that fishes this well. Beautiful, MJ. Yeah, you weren't wrong. That is a big fish. Colby, I'm going to have you hold it for MJ just in front of him. Okay. So I get both you guys. Do you want me to take the headset off or no? <laughs> awesome. Hope oh, give me a close up here. Awesome. Yeah, he's not as big as some of those we Thanks, nice buddy. Fish. He's a nice fish. Beautiful. That was wouldn't awesome. Wouldn't say no, would you? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Colby, let's go back to that one that nosed me. Would you normally just let it sit, don't twitch it, don't do anything? Yeah, just let it work. Okay. Later on in the year, I would maybe say twitch it. Gotcha. But it's one of those that... Yeah, uh, just up above us. See the little rock point in between that rock? Yep, right off that point. And I'd put another one in there. Yeah. That was so cool. Nice. Yeah, with the, the twitching or leaving, it's one of those that hindsight's twenty twenty. If you twitch it and it works, yeah, that's what you should have done. Yeah. If you twitch it and you didn't need it, then no, you should have left it. I mean, yeah. Oh, he saw it. I'm curious as if that was the one that just ate Jay's. I trained him. <laughs> that was neat though, wasn't it? That was really neat. I mean, he that fish was looking at your fly from when it started to when it ate. It inspected for, I mean, seven or eight seconds. Yeah. You know, he, I want it in the worst way to look at what you were talking about. <laughs> But my you had your own. Drifting toward this other fish, <laughs> and I couldn't take my eyes off. And sure enough, he came up and ate it. Oh, you've got one looking. Leave it, leave it, leave it. Even though it's sunk. Okay, I've lost you now. That's one thing that we'll do a lot of when late in the hatch when they start to get really really picky and everybody's throwing cicadas and this is one i probably shouldn't put on the podcast um <laughs> but i use a sunken cicada so i tie up a, a cicada nymph oh, oh leave it leave it leave it speaking of the devil i can still see you. it's three or four feet under uh-huh he, he turned okay there's still one suspended. Little right, do you see him up there? You are two feet, three feet, four feet now left of him. Go ten feet left, three feet further. Even further right, even further right. Sorry, yeah, I was saying you were uh, three feet left. Let's leave that. That could drift into him. So right where the tip of your, see the bubble in your fly line? He's under that. Colby, stay up there for a second. Uh, give me a couple strokes. Oh, I was watching the wrong thing. Nice. We might need to put a little float back on that. Yeah, no, the versatility of these stealth craft boats and the pro-lock oar system is really cool where I can get up on the cooler and the seat Oh, man, he looked. And actually see what's going on. It's almost a hybrid of a skiff. Yeah, and you're up another, three, like, two and a half feet higher than, I, than I'm uh, standing right here. There was one just right there up high. I don't know where he's gone to. You see that one down deep right there, Jay? Mm-hmm. Man, a day like this is when we want that GoPro on a stick and do some underwater filming. Do you still have that GoPro I gave you, Jay? Yeah. You know, I was thinking that the other day. We ought to put that on a stick and look at some of those pools at the ranch. Yep. Mm. Next cast, go like 15 feet right, just left of the bubble line. Nice. I don't see one in there, but I know there's something holding on that line. 
Okay, MJ, let's see that bug. I'm going to put a little floatant on it. Beautiful. Fun stuff, huh, MJ? <laughs> what? Fun stuff, huh? Oh, man. Yeah, the one thing I've noticed about today is boats aren't sticking around us long. <laughs> Everybody else is nymphing, and when you're throwing dries, catching them on the cicada and that guides <laughs> yeah hey it looks like they're using a cicada no they're really not <laughs> they're just catching more okay so gents as we slide down this flat this area is called frog water if you see a suspended fish bump him on the nose the next spot that matters is right up on that little grassy point yep and there's going to be a big flat rock up there and there's almost always a fish sitting right on top of that flat rock actually on the rock on the rock yep give that a twitch jay <laughs> this this fish is going to come and look at you mj if he eats it i'll we'll name him mj So guys, Colby was telling me that my fly is actually upside down. I think that's something to point out that you you want to have fish. Oh, that's always good. The guide points out a fish right here by the boat and then I hang it up on my tip. <laughs> Basically, you want your fly to not be upside down so that it has a good looking profile and you know, a more natural look to it. Exactly. And that's one thing that's really, really nice when you tie your flies with foam is if it lands upside down, you just give it a hard twitch. And I mean, it pulls that fly under, sinks it, but usually when it comes back to the surface, you're right side up. Okay, MJ, glance downriver. See the big submerged rock? That's the one that holds the fish. Let's go two or three feet left of that, of where you're, no, just of where your fly's at now. That might have gone a touch too far left. Nope. Leave it, leave it. Oh, oh he's right there. Pick it up, go back to the right real quick. Little short cast. Leave it. He's still in there. He's looking. <laughs> oh, he was right there. I saw him and I thought, I need to get the fly up. We'll spin the boat around and we'll put another one over him. So on this one, we're going to go out the left. Yep, keep working down this. Look at this, right here. Oh, hold on, we're married, boys. We're clear. Okay. Right there, leave it. Leave it, leave it. Oh. Yeah, they're all over on this. KJ, okay, and we're going to swing, bring you out the left. Oh, MJ, see that little rainbow right in front of the boat? Jay just pulled that one out of his mouth. Feed it line. Oh, I think we were dragging a little bit. Okay, MJ, I'm going to have Jay put one over it with a different bug since he kind of refused you. So, Jay, just nice long cast up at the Mergansers. He's up further, right? No, he would have been right about there.
Okay, so we're going to swing. We're going to work up this little eddy. And Jay, you'll be up on the shore. If I tell you to swing it out the right, that's what we're going for is that fish. So the fish that we're really after here is just, see the dead stick up there? Yeah. That's pointing into the water? Yeah. That stick's pointing at the fish. Okay. We fishing off the left side? Yep, right? we'll be out the left side unless I tell you to toss one out the right. MJ, let's go 20 feet left, up into the shade in there. Yep. Jay, come out the right side, up at 2 o'clock, short cast, 20 feet. You see him? Yep. He just landed right on it. Oh! <laughs> oh, eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Oh, he's following it. Guys, he followed it 5 feet back, probably. Oh, didn't he? man, we splatted on that fish. It was behind him. Oh! Okay, Jay, I want you to hit this one real hang quick. On, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hold on one sec. Hold on, hold on, hold on, MJ. MJ, you're caught on me, buddy. <laughs> if you think that it was too quick, that it might have been too quick, you were definitely too quick. I didn't see it, but that's... Okay, you're free. Okay, Jay. Yeah. Jay, real quick, I'm pointing at one. You see him? Way out? Yeah. That one's a player. Come oh. oh! Oh, guys. Hit him again. He followed the fly three feet. They shouldn't be this picky already. That's your fish on the rock, yeah, isn't it? Yep. Rock, exactly right. That was MJ. I saw him up there and I was mad that I <laughs> <laughs> MJ says, I've screwed up once. I ain't screwing up twice. <laughs> Jay, I'm going to swing the boat around here. I want you to give it a little teeny short cast off the left. Okay. Let's see if we can double up right here. Yep, right in there. Right in there. There was a rainbow holding right there. There's a rainbow right on the side. About 10 feet left. Oh, guys, beautiful. It does not suck. He's looking, Jay. He's looking. Just another little Green River dink. Look at that. Look at that. Matt, that's a big 15-incher right there. Bet you that I mean, fish is over 17. Let's tape him. I got to get a photo of that. He's 18. 18? 18, yeah. Dark old fish. Beautiful. Should I dry shake? Yeah, if you've got shake. Yep, that's the one that just refused, Jay. That one just ate a uh, blue wing. Okay, yeah. Jay, you've got three. One of them's going to yeah. eat you. You see them? Leave it. See, oh, they're crazy on the top. It's a little bit to the right. He's coming. He'll come. Yep. He's coming. Oh. 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 
just, I need to switch you out, Jay. I just rejected my three fish. That was awesome. <laughs> I have a different definition of awesome, Jay. That was so cool. You can just see him thinking like, mm, yeah, mm, no. We're going to go just a little smaller with that bug. So, I have a feeling MJ's just going to get one right here, and we'll know for sure if that's what I should put on for you. So let me ask you a question there. When you get rejected, do you always switch, or is it, and, and do you typically go smaller, or what is, what's going through your head when you want to switch? Um, if we've gotten multiple rejections is when I'll switch. If we've had a handful of fish eat that bug, and then just all of a sudden one refuses you, right. that's no reason to swap out right but we've got mj up here who's and he's caught five fish with no rejections yeah. right and you who's just i mean right there you had three fish but refuse you, get, you if you get oh you're dragging mj you're dragging <laughs> but if you get multiple, your backcast, watch your back cast if you get multiple rejections that's when you switch it up a little bit yeah until the, you find a fly that they kind of actively are eating exactly with okay. the betas i almost always go a little smaller with the cicada, it's either size down with your tippet, size up with your bug. Just try to find something that's a little different than what everybody's throwing. I feel like most of these fish are seeing the same five or six cicada patterns over and over and over. And I mean, during this hatch, is it feasible that you could fish, you know, some sort of ant pattern or cricket pattern below? Oh, yeah. And or then- just fish your ant or cricket pattern. Because, I mean, they're obviously looking up, right? especially an ant. They're always, always willing to eat an ant. Oh, MJ, rejection. You see that? And MJ, if you're not getting that pretty drift on it, let's, yeah, let's wait a second. And after I'm done switching out. So, Jay, what I did do here was size down quite a bit. And we'll see if that's going to be our, our game changer. Most of the cicadas that I've seen this year have been really, really on the small side. And this fly, I don't think most people would even consider it a cicada. Now, there's two types of cicadas. Well, there's a bunch more, but you, you, you usually get bigger cicadas or the small cicada, right, exactly, on this yep. river? We've got what we call our, I mean, within the guide community, mini-me's and mondo's. Okay. So and right now, we're definitely seeing the minis, and they tend to click. So in the trees, you'll hear kind of pop, 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 pop. And then the big ones will buzz. Okay. So it'll sound more like a humming, kind of if you're... Okay. Watch the, the movies in the south where you're hearing the cicadas. Mm-hmm. It sounds a little more typical to that. Jay, while we're right here, you've got a good angle. Run nice. it over those three fish. Flick it. See if that smaller bug's going to do the trick. Oh, my goodness. He came <laughs> five feet, dude. And if he doesn't eat this one, I am going to switch you out once more. Leave it, leave it, leave it. Oh, oh no, nope. he was coming up to eat a betas there. Okay. That fish is catchable. Oh, yeah. And ideally what you want here is to see two or three of them together. Because if you... Yep. It's almost a dominance type thing. No, exactly. I mean, if that fish is thinking, hey, James is going to get it before I do, I need to get it. 
I mean, that's one thing that you see a lot, saltwater fishing. I mean, if you're out there chasing permit and you see a small school of permit, you're way better off than just seeing the ones or twos. Come on. Oh. <laughs> okay, Jay, hit this guy right here. Yeah, I see him. Yeah, we'll have Jay hit it. Nice. Boop. <laughs> nice, beautiful fish right there. Oh, <laughs> it just did. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> this guy's eating blue wings still. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. This is a nice fish. That was beautiful. Guys, I wanted to yank that out so bad. <laughs> It no. was everything I could do to leave it in there. No, and you did. It was gosh. ideal as far as watching him eat, taking a deep breath, and then setting the hook. I see more fish lost here throwing the dry with people. They see the eat and they set. And the main difference Gotta that we run into. Down, right? Yep. When you're throwing a dry, when you're wade fishing, and you're working up that seam, that fish is facing away from you. Wow. That is a really big fish, Jay. That's beautiful. Here in the boat, 90% of our fish Here, are facing us. So when he eats and you set, you pull it right out of his mouth before he even has an idea beautiful. that he's eating it. Wow. Beautiful fish. Here, let's get one out the other side of the mandible. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Get the release here. Look at that eyeliner on that fish. Just bright green on that eye. Beautiful. Do you want a photo or video? Uh, photo's good. Hang on. Beautiful. Thanks, buddy. Beautiful. That was a nice big fish. Congrats on that, that, huh? <laughs> that was neat. That was neat. <laughs> so that's Beautiful. Three eats out of this bucket. Yeah, we that had that so one cool. rainbow that refused us, and that other good brown. That doesn't just get you excited, huh, MJ? <laughs> No, I mean, to me, this is the pinnacle. The pinnacle of fly fishing. I mean, you could catch more fish if you're throwing a, a bobber. Give it a little mend right. Get rid of that drag. But, man, there's just something about seeing a fish, putting a cast on him, and having him eat it. Yeah, he's eating blue wings. I've seen him eat two dries. He's still there. Did I hit him with the boat? Okay, right where your rod's pointing, you've got two fish. Ten feet below you. Yep, yep. Leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. Leave it. 
Do that same thing again. Same thing again. Little short cast. Yep, feed it line, feed it line. He's wise to the game. Okay, we're both going to fish down this seam, just right side. This next little eddy coming up. I have seen a lot of cicadas in here. Uh, nope, just right down below us. In this, in years past or this year? This year, yep. This year we've seen them. But I wouldn't be surprised one bit to get an eat leading into it right here. Leave it, MJ. Leave it. You're in it. Once that drags, you can strip them in. I'm going to work out and around this rock. And we'll go all the way to the bottom of this eddy. Guys, we've seen some boats today. Uh, I don't know that we've seen another single boat with a dry fly rig on. Everybody else seems to be nymphing. Which, I'm sure they're having success on the nymph. Um, but it's sure awesome, isn't it, Colby, <laughs> to be actively putting big cicadas right in their, you know, fish's nose and watching them come up and eat it. Exactly. There's, there's just nothing better. I think a lot of the time right now when you're seeing other boats throwing the, dry, or throwing the nymph rig, when you feel like it should be excellent dry fly water... It's just that they haven't done it enough to have the confidence, and so they'll start out, and they think their client doesn't have the talent to throw the dry. But, man, I mean, when they're on it, it's this is as easy as it gets. Okay, and boys, no rush yet. We're going to hit them right. We're going to be out the left side of the boat. I'm going to bring us down to this big log, and we'll run all the way back up that eddy. And this is a spot, Jay, that... Uh, those two little Christmas trees up there. Yep. Last week, those had a bunch of cicadas in it. We could pull over and get some photos. Okay. And maybe even stick a mic up in the tree. And... Okay. Okay, boys, just like this. Once we pass that little point, coming up, uh, MJ, little mend left. Oh, maybe another cast now. And I'd go a little more right, make some room for Jay. So up in here. I would go even right of that, MJ. You're fine now. But once we pass this little point, you're going to want to be out into the middle more. The point over there? Yep. All over here. Gotcha. Yeah, up past that. You're both good there. You'd rather have more slack than not enough because you're going to drag really easily here. If you lose it, just pick it up, set it down. Nice. Okay, MJ, right where your bug's at now, just pick her up, set her down, maybe even a touch right. There you go, and then feed it some slack as it drifts away. Still good, still good. Oh! Yeah, he, he came from deep. <laughs> oh, is that the same one? No, that fish is bigger. The first one was little. Oh, that's a good one! <laughs> oh, shoot. There was two charging there. Yep. Splashy little eats, too. They're coming from the bottom with confidence. Oh, you just got one refused you as you drug right there. Me? Uh, MJ. MJ, pick up, go almost off the bow of the boat. Let it swing back into us. And your next one I would shorten up quite a bit, MJ. 
They're not boat shy here. Just pick it up, set it down. But shorten up, 15 feet shorter. There you go. There's one right here. Yeah, if you see one here, he's catchable. See him right there? Right to the left of my fly. It's pretty deep, but I think it's right to the left of my fly right there. And the nice thing is after this little drift or we run this whole thing, yo, you've got one right there. Yeah. Pick it up, hit it again. Five feet further out than where you just were. There you go. He sees that. Further out, you think? A little mm, further? That one saw it. Your next one, work back into the bubbles. Just right where you've been casting. But we'll, uh, we're going to work all the way up this eddy, MJ. So still back out the left side. Let's go left side, MJ. We're coming back on that. We're going to hit it right. They know we're here now. I mean, that was three fish in <laughs> And that second eat where you hooked one, there was two fish charging it. You're fishing water that I know holds fish. Okay, Jay, let's bring you out the right side now. And I'm just slowly going to push up this little seam and have you pick apart the seam as we're pushing up. And then we'll get up top and I'll swing the boat and we'll fish all the way down it. Be aware of your cast as we go under this tree. This is one that as we go up, we should see a lot of fish suspended about seven or eight feet. And I assume they'll come up and eat. Yeah, I'd go out the right side now. But no rush on anything because we're going to come down and we'll run the drift properly from the top. We're just kind of taking a couple pokes. I'm looking in that tree, seeing if I see cicadas. I had a guy get stuck in it last week and went in there and there was just a bunch of cicadas in it. Beautiful water right here. This area is called Bermuda Trout Triangle. I'm not seeing anything suspended in there. Alright, so when we put those cicadas on, I said I bet you will have 15, 20 eats. Bet we've already had close to our 20 eats. Okay, MJ, see the two submerged rocks? Put it right in between the two submerged. So more right, little short one, more right, more right, more right. Yep, yep, yep. Sorry. There you go. Okay, another one up, other side of that next rock now. Those nymphers did just beat this water up pretty hard. Okay, Jay, right where the tip of your fly line landed, there's a suspended oh, right fish. There? Yep. Yeah. I see him. Below him. Yep, you're right of him too. He just ate a dry. There you go. And refused. Oh, that was beautiful. 
He's I looking at that. MJ's. Are those blue wings that I'm seeing kind of blow by? Yep. He just ate one off the surface. He's a he's a player though. He is a player. I don't see him anymore, do you? No. But just kind of keep picking apart these seams as I'm pushing up. There's a lot of fish in here. There he oh. is. I see him. Too far out. Yep, I'd let it run though. I'd let it run. He might have a buddy out there. Okay. Oh, right here. See him? Yep. Did he come and look or? I think I was sunken. And up this seam, as we're working up, I wouldn't be surprised one bit to have an absolute beast eat it in this. In here? Uh-huh. If, yep, from the, the rock all the way to the, uh, the submerged rock. I don't think anybody's been fishing up here, and I know those fish have been seeing some, uh, some cicadas drift past it here. MJ, I wouldn't be afraid to go quite a bit left of where you're at, too. Man, that's... Come on. Beautiful little spot. Mm-hmm. There's three or four more casts up there. and Every cast here, I would try to hit fresh water. I think that if something's there and is looking up, you're going to know quick. This isn't water that I think it's going to take five shots to get him. I think it's going to be one or two shots and he's ours. Look at this little spot, huh? Oh! That was a nice fish. Yeah, I saw him running out. Okay, MJ, you ready? It's gonna go quick. Nope, straight up river. Pick it up. Nice. Can't do that one in a raft. No. Okay, boys, right side, right down where we were seeing those fish. MJ, let's move you a couple yards left. There you go. Do 
you still see it, MJ? Okay, MJ, I think he sank. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. That was awesome. Jay's about to get him. That was awesome, MJ. Oh. Okay, Jay, one more cast real right quick. There, right? Yep, yep. Doesn't need to be a whole lot further. That's it. Leave it. About right there. About yep. See, it's going right at him. I can hear one clicking. Did he hit just to the right of my fly? Maybe, but we were within range. Okay, now here both of you, you're just casting out to the white water. And we're not really going to get much of what I would call a drift here. Because the boat's washing at it. And you just cover what you can. Oh, and MJ, I have no idea what happened with that fish. Oh, I just, just don't want to go to yeah. Right there is where you had those eats before, MJ. You guys might be twisted. Yep. Oh, Jay. I pull it out. Jay, set. <laughs> I was looking at the other fish that another nice brown this is another nice fish we don't see many small ones look at that holy moly Okay, MJ, one more right out in front of the boat. And then you're right there, right there, right there. Yep, and then just feed it line. Mend left with some line. Perfect. Guys, I had had my fly out, and I kind of picked it up, and a fish, I think, was going after it. And Colby was telling me that, basically telling me, you just picked it up out of a fish, and then I just kind of let it sit. And then he goes, set, and another fish ate it. <laughs> this is another great fish. Look at that thing. Beautiful. Yeah, it's very rare we catch a fish outside of our slot. That's so here beautiful. you can harvest one, two under 15 or one over 22. And we rarely catch what we call a keeper, whether it's too small or too big. But, I mean, cookie cutter 18 inch fish is not a bad problem to have. Beautiful, man. Good job. Thanks, buddy. All right, gents. We're awesome. going to jump over to the other bank and do the same thing over there. If I can get us up there in time. Now's a good spot. Dry your bugs out a bit.
so would you say that this is better than what you thought it was going to be? Oh, because yeah. This is a lot better than what I was anticipating. This is the first day that you, from your guide buddies, everything, that they've, they're really on cicadas? So Jeremy Rogers, the guy I live with, he uh, had a couple days last week that were really good. And then we had our cold snap, and I was up in Wyoming. And uh, But, yeah, this is the first really good day on dries that I've heard of. So, I mean, I think the first double-digit dry fly day since kind of the early blueing fishing. But as far as big bug, this is, I mean, this is my first good day. We had uh, one of my really good clients, Jeff Canyon from Scratch Lab over in Colorado, who was out here with his wife last week, and we, he caught a couple on the cicada, but it was just kind of one little spot where he got a couple eats. But it hasn't been like this, where every eddy we fish, we get an eat or two. Yeah. I just think it's incredible to see them, whether you catch them or not, coming and actively pursuing the fly. Oh, yeah. I it's mean, awesome. I, this time of year, and when we're fishing like this, I don't count fish. I count yeah. eats. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you can't enjoy watching that brown trout come off the bottom and just destroy that cicada, then... Uh, Something I wrong. think, yeah, you need to find a different hobby. Go yeah. take up golf. Yeah. You can hear a couple clicking in that tree behind us too, Jay. Yep. MJ, now, feed now that a little slack. Become, I mean, is it possible that it, more and more and more bugs over the next couple of weeks could show up? I would be really surprised if they didn't. If they didn't? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're in theory in the perfect storm right now of cicada fishing with the cold wet weather if you see one put it on him and then coming into hot 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 weather that's ideally what you want is just the the cold wet it gets the ground loose and then when it swings into that hot water that one's going to eat oh, how about that one <laughs> Good call on that, Colby. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you're out here and you look at these fish enough, you learn, I mean, there's no other term than body language. So guys, you couldn't see it, but Colby was talking and I pointed and he says, that fish is going to eat. I literally flicked the fly a, a rod length away from the boat and the fish, just like Colby says, came up and just hammered the fly. Yeah, when you, nice. when you watch so many of them refuse and so many of them eat, you learn... You learn the difference of kind of what they're doing in the water. And I couldn't couldn't explain it. Couldn't say that it's about the pectoral fins or the, just their, the tail. Just yeah. their behavior. But yeah, you can just, you can see it. Yeah. Beautiful. That one's a lot darker than the other fish we've seen. Spots tip to tail. Well, guys, we had an awesome day uh, fishing out there on the green. And uh, we're back here at uh, Trout Creek. I guess it's a motel or a lodge, whatever you want to call it, and uh, we had a great day. I wasn't really expecting the cicada fishing to be that good. I don't know that you were, Colby. <laughs> I wasn't. No, we definitely hit the uh, that front cusp of really good fishing. Yeah. So knock on wood, hopefully it, it holds on. Yeah, you know, um, I thought one thing that was interesting, it seemed like there was about two hours there when the fish were really actively you know, really looking up 
and then it kind of waned, kind of, you know, kind of got a little, I don't know if they just, you know, they were up because of the bluings and then they stopped looking up it, as much. Exactly. We kind of followed the, the bluing hatch. So when they were, they were up looking for those emergers and looking for the duns, if you put a cicada over them, they're going to eat it. Yeah. So it's not like that the, in the late afternoon, they're looking for that cicada quite yet. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just opportunistic eats. If, if they were there and looking up and they saw the big bug go over, they, they ate it or came and looked. Most of them ate it. For sure. Um, guys, you, uh, you didn't hear MJ Mastelier. You heard some of probably the, uh, the chaos in the front of the <laughs> boat, but I've got him mic'd up now. MJ, it's good to have you on the podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here. It was a great day of fishing today. Yeah, for sure it was. MJ and I fish a lot on the Roaring Fork River, uh, a little bit on the Eagle, but a lot on the Roaring Fork uh, there and and, um, get a lot of green drake and a lot of caddis, a lot of dry fly fishing. A lot different here on the green compared to the Roaring Fork where the Roaring Fork has got a lot of pockets and it's usually fast shots and, you know, it's just kind of different fishing, wouldn't you say? Oh, very different. You know, it's very... Long cast to small pockets and short drifts. Here it's the opposite. It's classic fly fishing here where you're fishing to a specific fish that you know is feeding. Yeah. And uh, Colby was able to put us right on top of the fish, and he had a terrific uh, cicada pattern that worked, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it's it's one of those days that you tell people about. You know, it's one of those days you just wish you were here, and we were here for it, and it was awesome. And I expect over the next two, three weeks for it to probably, you to have a, quite a few days like this. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to stay good for the next little bit. It, it should, as far as everything's going. Um, it's all going to depend on where the water's flowing and the temperatures. Yeah. So it's going to be a tricky one for anybody wanting to come out and wade fish with the big water. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of wade fishing opportunities. I didn't see hardly any pockets where you could even for one get to because of how high you know maybe it shut off some areas that either from coming from the dam or coming up from little hole it's not a ton of opportunity yeah the the 86 flow in theory they closed the trail this year they left it open under warning but at 86 a lot of the trails underwater there was a few spots today that if we uh, had the boat in the right spot we probably could have caught fish on top of the trail yeah which is kind of neat yeah it is kind of neat um you know one question I would ask is if it gets up to the 86 typically, or do you have any idea of how long they would carry it at that flow? From everything we've heard, it's not going to be if, but when, and I'm guessing it's going to be up tomorrow. So by the time this airs, it's it'll be up to 86, I would assume, from everything we've heard from WAPA and uh, the division. But uh, last I heard was July 10th was their target date to lower. Oh, so it'll run all the way through June. Yeah, it's we're we're big water this okay. year. We've okay. got a lot of water. It all depends on how quick it gets warm, if it starts raining, if it starts snowing again up in the winds. So they're just making sure there's enough room in the reservoir to where if it gets hot and it all comes down at once, it's not going to go over the top of the reservoir. Okay, so my next question is, you know, we've got cicadas, obviously, but then looking forward, if we're trying to project kind of a forecast of, you know, what comes next? I mean, is there a lull after kind of cicada? What's like the next big hatch for you guys? It should transition right into yellow sallies and caddis and PMDs. So from here out, I hopefully won't be throwing another indicator for the rest of the year. So I think the dry fly fishing from here 
here till late September is going to be pretty good. And where do you typically see yellow sallies first? I mean, is that something you see on B section and then you see it? You start seeing the sallies down on C and B first, for sure. They're, they're temperature driven. So, and obviously the lower you get down the river, the warmer it gets. Water temperature. Water temperature. Yep. And it's within a degree or two. So you'll see them down low and just as that temperature raises through the year, you'll, you'll see them come up higher. And we've seen yellow sallies almost all the way up to the dam. So up to the the bridge rapid where you started rowing today is as high as we usually see the sallies. And when you see yellow sallies, I mean, they're, you I mean, you see them, there's no Mm -hmm. doubt it's yellow sallies. Um, Can you kind of describe to people that maybe don't know what they are? I know they've seen them, but maybe they don't Mm -hmm. understand what they are. And then how would you fish a yellow sally hatch? Would you fish an emerging pattern? Would you fish something like that? Or would you simply fish a dry? So the yellow sally, it's a stonefly. So if you've seen salmon flies, if you've seen the bigger stoneflies, it looks exactly like it, but a lot smaller and a lot brighter color. They're they're not quite like a bright yellow like you see the flies, but it's a, a really creamy light yellow with, with the, the red, red, butt. Yeah, red yeah. butt. And um, the easiest way to tell a yellow sally on the river is the four wings. And when you see that and you start seeing the four wings... You can, it's obvious once you know it. And wouldn't you say too, like a yellow sally hatch, I mean, typically you see blank, I mean, when they come, you see a lot of them flying around. When it's in the thick, air. it's really thick. I mean, yeah. there's, when it's on, I, I pack extra buffs for my clients because sometimes it gets so heavy that you can't talk or breathe without them being in your mouth. Yeah. And they'll, they're climbing up and down your legs and people are freaking out, but they don't bite. They're, they're a mellow bug. The funny thing is they actually taste like parsley. So if you do eat one, it tastes exactly like parsley. And if you follow Colby on his Instagram at all, I believe it's Colby D. Crosland on Instagram, you will see several pictures of him <laughs> eating bugs, several yeah. different varieties. If the trout are going to eat them, I'll do it too. And I, I've I had people say uh, that, that mayflies taste better than caddis, and that's why trout prefer mayflies over caddis. But I, I don't I know what I'd a mayfly, but a, a sally definitely has a, a distinct taste, and it's good. I mean, I think you could dry yellow sallies out and put them on a salad. And it would it would be good. <laughs> well, you've he- heard it here on the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. We're starting a new uh, salad garnishing uh, garnish. Colby, uh, so that- I, I had a question. If you say you don't want to fish indicators the rest of the year, and that works great for you, but if somebody was up here and saw a lot of fish in the column and weren't able to entice them to come to the surface with a cicada, what would you suggest they do? Well, for the next couple weeks, it's definitely still going to be blue wings. We've got the, the afternoon bluing hatch and any heavy, heavy uh, bluing pattern with a little swimmer behind it, little RS2 or a You're talking tackle. about a nymph, an underwater. Yep, a nymph, for a sure. A dropper off your cicada. Or just a straight nymph rig. Okay. So, I mean, they're they're still in there, and that's 80, 90% of a trout's diet is under the surface. What size? On the blue wings, the later into the season it goes, the smaller. I would consider an 18 right now on the bigger end of my nymphs. That's that's me. There's some guys that are fishing stuff that I would laugh at it because it's so big, but they're catching fish. Mm-hmm. But um, the last batch of flies I tied were 24s, really? if that's any indication. So I think they're eating the smaller bugs right now with a little more confidence. So with my heavy dropper, I'm a 20 or an 18, and then my, my swimmer, unweighted fly behind it, 
a 22 or a 24. Okay, and just to be clear, when you're talking about your weighted, you're talking about a, a, a mayfly, mm-hmm. blue-winged olive weighted fly, but then you're also talking about an unweighted dropper off of that that yep. is an RS2, which is also a mayfly. Exactly. Yep. Okay. There's no need right now to be fishing anything other than a mayfly, maybe a scud. Okay. But Okay, and then, um, good question, MJ. I think it's important because I think there's people that come and you know, either they, they, they can't figure it out on cicadas or they don't have the right cicada pattern or they just, you know, come. I think if you come and fish early in the morning, you know, you better plan on doing some more nymphing. Yeah, nymphing in the morning. And there's other people. I mean, I, I love to throw the dry. I've had clients who all they want to do is nymph. Yeah. It's a personal preference thing. Some well, guys, Cole, that's, that's Colby's terrific finding the spots right. where mm-hmm. the cicada, the dry worked. But yeah. I noticed all the other boats today. Uh, guide trips, they were all nymphing. Yep. And uh, so I just, people that come, there's an opportunity. You're not going to get right. shut out. No, no. If they're not on your dry at a particular time, you, there's an alternative. And no, the nymph You'll catch right a lot of good. fish because you see a lot of fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. And earlier when we were talking about the sallies and to bring that back to the nymphing, here in the next little bit, as long as, I guess, depends on that water temperature, I think once we start hitting the 50s, we're going to start seeing a lot of yellow sallies. Down on sea the other day, I caught a couple fish on streamers that threw up some sally nymphs. So the sallies are definitely moving in the column down there. And a sally nymph would be, I mean, could like a real light-colored hare's ear even work for yeah, a sally no, nymph? Yeah, no, a hare's ear is, is right on for, for the sally nymph. My Size. go-to is an iron sally or a Gabriel's trumpet. They're definitely a bigger bug. I mean, you can get away with a 14 um, for your anchor fly, your weighted fly, a 12 is not even out of the range. Okay. So it's it's a bigger bug. Okay. And then as the sallies progress, we move into caddis? Yep, we'll have caddis. There's actually a pretty good caddis hatch going on right now on the lower river. They're really, really small right now. Um, it's one thing about the green is there's caddis almost every month. It's just Can a matter. Or green or dark? Right now they're dark. Dark. They're dark, dark, Yeah. I almost always fish a darker peacock or black, and that's just personal preference. Okay. So and once the, the sallies and the caddis get taken off, I'll fish a sally dry with a little caddis behind it. Size small caddis behind? Yeah, like really eight, small like caddis. 18, 20? Dry? Yeah, 20, yeah. Okay. And a, probably a 16 sally. Okay. Colby, when you set up that rig, do you like to use fluorocarbon for your dropper so it gets down a little quicker? Yeah, um, yeah definitely on a nymph. I'm all fluoro. From I mean, my nymph rig indicator down is fluoro. And I don't run a tapered leader on my nymph rig, so I'll go straight butt, sec- butt section to 3x and wow. then so, go down to my weight, and so at my weight I'll go. Sinks faster? Yep. Yeah. Sinks faster, and then you have a constant drag ratio on your leader. So if you have that butt section up top where it's thicker, you're going to have more drag. It's going to equate to more swing and less tension on your line. In other words, you want the fly to get down as quick as possible. Quick you as want it a, can. You want as straight as connection point mm-hmm. from the indicator to the bottom fly rather than having that taper where it drags in the exactly. water column. You don't want the, the loop. You don't want a parabolic loop down below you. You want it straight from your indicator to your weight or to your fly. Okay. Tight. Okay. So lots of downstream bends. And then through the yellow sallies, typical yellow sallies is what? 11, 12, 1, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, and then they're kind of done. And then as we transition into summer, is, is a caddis, is it more of an evening thing? Or? So the caddis, I, I tend to, 10 o'clock is when I feel like that happens. 
so 10 and then like you were saying kind of one o'clock you'll start seeing your sallies and from then on you're good to throw the dry okay they're big enough and they're on the water enough that post hatch they'll still eat it it's not like the bluing where once that hatch is done you might as well switch out or put on a streamer or row out they'll they'll eat the caddis all night and there's another caddis hatch usually right at dark okay now is that a a hatch of emerging insects or is that the hatch where the, the caddis are bouncing and laying their eggs on the water out here i mean there's there's guys who could probably pinpoint down to the minute of what's going to happen i think there's enough bugs and enough species of caddis that there's always one moving through the column and always one laying so it's definitely not like the bluing where it's you can set your clock by it yeah they're they're gonna they're gonna eat it so and then when are we getting into pmds and is the green a really good prolific pmd fishery or what's your thinking on that it's it's definitely not a prolific um pmd fishery down on the lower river there's some really decent hatches but it's not the water most guys are fishing and looking for them in. It's nothing that I would call people and say, hey, the PMD hatch is on. It's it's time to get up here. Yeah. It's one that you do have your window on the lower river where you'll be fishing your hoppers or your caddis and you start seeing PMDs and it's pull over quick and change and you're going to catch some fish in your window. But it's not like the caddis where I was talking earlier where if you see them, you keep fishing it. We talked in the prior podcast about trichos and how mm-hmm. kind of in August, I believe, yep. that you can get some unbelievable trico action. Um, is that common on the, you know, the A section as much or is it no, more of a still water kind of BC, it, kind it, of the slough type? It's definitely below Red Creek is where you start to see the trichos. I think there's a lot of guides up here who don't even have a trico in their box okay. because they're fishing a totally different section of the river. Okay. So that's definitely as you get down a little bit lower. And that one is more kind of what we were talking about with the blue wings earlier with pinpoint accuracy on your your hatch of where you need to be when. Mm -hmm. And if you're off by half an hour, you never saw them. But if you're on it and you know where they're going to be, you can follow that hatch for most of the day. I want to conclude... um by saying I got to, I got a chance to fish that epic carbon fiber rod, mm-hmm. and I really like. I mean, that's a fast rod. Yeah, and it's, it's really light. It casts very very nice. It's a little tack shooter. I mean, it, oh man, it's fast and you can cast quick with yeah, it. I was and, impressed and with that. I'm I'm excited to play around with that one a little bit yeah. more. I think it's really really going to shine in like a four weight. Yeah, I was I really enjoyed fishing that rod and. um any concluding thoughts for you, MJ, on the day-to-day or anything? Any well, I just want to say thank you to both of you. It was a great day-to-day, and uh, Colby obviously knows every inch of this river. And <laughs> if you want to have a great trip, give him a call. For sure. And uh, Jay, I always enjoy fishing with you, so thank yeah. you both very much. You're more than welcome. I hope you have a great one tomorrow. It should be good. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna go out and try and keep the boat upright, keep it pointed <laughs> down the river, and uh, it's, with the flows coming up... Uh, We'll make a run in the morning and see how it goes. Um, but, yeah, maybe we'll catch a few on cicadas. You never know. I bet you will. Uh, awesome having you on the podcast. Awesome getting to spend a day with you on the water. It was great to see how into it you are and how you know you, how well you know the river. And um, I, I love it when you're able to communicate. Good guides are able to communicate with their clients 
all the way through the whole process of we're coming up, look for this, look for that. I'm going to swing the boat. And you basically walk them through. So as it's happening, you are right on cue and know exactly what to do. Um, So as a fisherman, that was cool to see. And I was able to get some cool photos. So hopefully they turned out. Um, But yeah, I just wish you the best of success in your summer fishing here. I know you've got a long stretch of, of summer and you know, I don't feel too sorry for you because you got, you know, <laughs> sight fishing for the next uh, 90 days and uh, some phenomenal action. One thing I would say is, you know, MJ, it never ceases to amaze me when we come here. The fish are just bigger. They're just big, beautiful, nice, you know, 18 inch, like you were saying, like 18 inch cookie cutter type mm-hmm. fish. And the only difference is some are thicker than others. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, <laughs> we caught all some today that I think were 20 inch, inch fish, I would we bet. Had, we had one that I think was right there at that 20 yeah. inch mark. Yeah, and it's crazy, uh, you know, and I think that's awesome, you know, tailwater type fishing where the fish have all that abundant, you know, insect life to eat. And I think fishermen of all skill levels can come here and just have a great time, particularly if they get a great guide that uh, can help them, the beginners or people that haven't fished slow water or big water or you know it's you can do it all here it's wonderful when it's a river you don't you don't have to have a guide you can wade fish it at a normal flow and it's it's a river that if you've done a little bit of rowing most guys can do it on their own and for the most part most of the guides out here are pretty courteous if you come into a situation and things are weird and you can tell the guides mad or that things are going weird if you have good communication say you're sorry and even ask why he's mad at you, they'll usually, in a a quick way, tell you, and you just avoid it. And yeah. If you well, come I, out, follow well, the guides. That's kind of one thing that I always suggest to people when they go to a new river, is people run different programs, different places. Some places, it's totally normal to anchor up in the middle of the river and fish off of anchor. Here, you'll get stuff thrown at you if you fish off of anchor here. Other places, guides, like up on the Henrys, they'll get out of their boat and walk their boat. And so as far as rowing on a new river, just kind of follow what the guides are doing. If you're seeing a pattern, it's don't, don't break the pattern because that's, that's when people start getting grumpy with you. One other thing I'd say, Jay, is that uh, this is one of the most beautiful rivers yeah, it is pretty to beautiful. fish. And um, it, it, it has a wonderful combination of fish and, and beauty. And you get so focused on catching fish, you forget to look up and 200 or 250 feet above you are cliffs and it's just a absolutely gorgeous river. I think there's one that they say is over 900. So there's there's some tall, tall cliffs above wow. you. Wow, yeah. And a so. ton of birds. If you're a birder, this is a really, really neat place to come. Yeah, it's a neat spot. Um, Kobe, I want to give you a chance to let the listeners know again. I've done a podcast with you already. I've got a lot of great feedback on that. We did a lot of talk about the blue-winged olives, mm-hmm. um, the midges, and then talking about the cicadas coming up. But I wanted to give you a chance uh, to... Uh, tell people how they can get a hold of you, um, how they can follow, uh, you know, your guide service. And uh, I also know you do uh, phenomenal films. Uh, is it The Trout Smith? The Trout Smith, yep. That's my website, thetroutsmith.com. We've got some of our films up on there. Um, if you're on Vimeo, you can look for them there. The easiest way to get a hold of me or Scott, the owner of Spinnerfall, is the website, which is spinnerfall.com or 877-811-3474. So, yeah, and it's... Um, 
you know, it's something to have great guides, you know, that really know the river and that are energetic and excited about fishing. And we obviously mm-hmm. saw that in you today. And I knew we would. That's why I, <laughs> I wanted to have you on the podcast here. And, and uh, so it's it's just fun fishing with guys that are passionate about it. I encourage anyone to check out Spinnerfa- Spinnerfall Guide Service at spinnerfall.com. Mm-hmm. And make sure uh, any of the J. Scott podcast listeners, uh, if you're a fisherman, and if you're a hunter, Colby's a hunter as well, um, follow him on Colby D. Crosland on Instagram. And uh, it's just been awesome, buddy, and look forward to seeing your pictures this summer. And uh, we'll have to get out here and do this again. Yeah, come on out this fall. Sounds good. Thanks, MJ, again. We're going to have some more fun this uh, summer with some caddis and some green drakes over there on the Roaring Fork. But it's always a pleasure and fun fishing with you. Thank you, Jay. And to the listeners, I just want to thank you guys for your support of this podcast. Uh, And the podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of my sponsors. I just want to thank GoHunt.com Insider. I want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting, Phonescope.com, and The Outdoorsman's. And you can check the show notes to uh, see the discounts and some of the stuff you can use with the J. Scott promo code. Just check the show notes of this podcast. And I just want to thank them for their support. And guys, if you have any questions of me, you can email me at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. And until next time, tight lines, and uh, we'll be chatting at you.